You're listening to the audio program, Host and Guest, hosted by me, Rick Katchke. Now here's myself, Rick Katchke. Welcome to this edition of Host and Guest. I'm your host, Rick Katchke, and on today's program, I'm joined by Joe Ewert. We'll have that interview in just a moment. This past weekend, my girlfriend and I were heading out to see a movie, and when we opened the door leading out of our complex, we accidentally bumped the noggin of a youngster who lives here, and he fell down and was crying, and we felt really bad about it. So that afternoon, we purchased a stuffed animal and some bubbles and wrote a note saying that he was as tough as a lion because it was a stuffed lion, and we put it in front of what we thought was their apartment door, But then later that day, I got a call from the apartment manager saying how a resident had received this strange stuffed animal and a note talking about a lion, and they were totally confused by it, so they turned it in. But the thing is, we only have eight apartments in our complex, and this apartment was located exactly across the hall from these people. They would know that it's the kids, like... It's a simple mix-up. Just put it in front of their door. But no, instead it's this huge controversy and we're some weirdos who go around putting stuffed animals in front of people's doors. We'll be back with Joey Ewart in just a moment. My guest on today's program is Joe Ewart, a longtime friend of mine who just finished his sports writing career for the Franklin Citizen and is about to move on to another endeavor in Iowa. I spoke to him here in my apartment in July. All right, uh, welcome to this edition of Host and Guest. Uh, today I'm joined by Joe Ewart. Joe, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, this is actually your second time on the show, but your first time was kind of our pilot episode. Yeah, there was some technical difficulties. We have a lot more space now we're working with. Yeah, we, re- <laughs> we recorded it in my automobile, and then uh, I realized that I recorded it in a format which could not be <laughs> transferred onto a computer. So <laughs> It'll be the, considered the lost episode. Exactly, exactly. Now, uh, Joe, you just finished up your tenure as a sports writer for the Franklin Citizen. Yep. Uh, can you tell us about your experiences working for the Franklin Citizen and uh, maybe what your favorite piece was? <laughs> you know, it, it's been an amazing three years. You know, I started at the Citizen back in uh, May of 2007. I was just out of college, and the paper was just starting up, and it just kind of seemed like a good fit. So it's been a, a crazy three years. i um, been through three different editors, and... Uh, I've kind of been the mainstay at the paper. Um, I'm going to miss it a lot. Franklin's a great community, and uh, you know they got great people, great faculty, great coaches, great everything. It's, I'm going to miss it a lot. I'm sorry, what was the other part of the question? Uh, oh, was there a, a story that you covered that was a particular favorite? Oh, man, there have been so many. I mean, aside from the weekly coverage that I provided, uh, <laughs> there, have been, there have been a couple times when uh, – you know, just gotten to do things out of the ordinary. My first year covering uh, the girls' basketball team, they did some sort of teamwork unity thing out in Lake Geneva, and it was like a ropes course. It was in the winter, and it was cold, but it, it taught teamwork, and it taught, you know, working together and working towards a common goal, and that, and it, I, I felt it really united the team, and the coach wanted me to come out and, and cover that for the paper, and mm. uh Little did I know that he asked me to take part in the course, and uh, so I I I, uh, I obliged and um, 
here's a guy that's afraid of heights and he's going down a 50 foot zip line but uh <laughs> it was it was a good time it really was i had a lot of fun and uh uh, learned a lot too, and um, so that that was probably one of my more more uh, special uh, articles I've had to do. Sure, uh, a couple other unique opportunities have been the last two years. I got a media pass for the Milwaukee Mile. Um, there's, there was a driver in the NASCAR trucks that used to live in Franklin, so they wanted me to cover that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just overall, just getting to experience so many great athletes and so many great kids. I mean, it's amazing how um, your perception of high school kids changes once you actually get to spend some time with them. Sure. Um, it's, it's really amazing, and I don't know if that's true for just any community, but for Franklin especially, it's, uh, there's a great group of kids there. Now, uh, you've always been a huge fan of racing, and uh, you're moving on to Iowa where you're going to be writing for, is it a, a, a racing magazine, a racing paper? It's a racing newspaper. It's on average about a 40-page publication published every week. It's called the Hawkeye Racing News in Vinton, Iowa. And um, that came about, I was, my, my girlfriend got accepted into graduate school at the University of Iowa for pharmacy. And um, she, I, I agreed to move with her when she asked me to. And, and uh, <laughs> uh Applied at a couple different newspapers because I wanted to continue writing and, and continue that, and nobody really had anything to offer. It was a you know tough economy and just tough times all around, and they either faced a lot of setbacks or cuts or they just didn't have anything open. And uh, one lady in particular was so impressed by my resume and really liked how I sounded on the phone that she kept me in mind for future references. And uh, if you want the power of networking, this is it because I got a call. Um, around late May to early June and she asked me to uh, come on down for an interview because there was an opening at a uh, racing publication and she remembered that I, I referenced uh, auto racing a lot in my resume so I went down and interviewed for the position and I got the position of assistant editor so uh, starting um, less than a week starting Monday the 27th I'll be uh, I'll be starting that gig excellent now uh Growing up, I, you you basically uh, grew up right down the street with me, and um, you got me into professional wrestling for a stretch. And uh, recently, I know that you worked at uh, you covered a wrestling event for the <laughs> Citizen. Uh, you you told me you were going to do it, but I haven't heard this, the details. So, could you oblige me with them? <laughs> I, I sure can. That was another unique experience. Um, being a fan of professional wrestling leads you to meet some interesting people, <laughs> to say the least. And uh, Romines on 27th Street, they're a, a pool um, house or pool, you know, people go and play pool there. A lot of hustlers. Yeah, pool a lot hustling. Of, <laughs> a lot of hustlers. Guys with Color big, of money was yeah, shot there. Big brim hats and big, you know, zoot suits. <laughs> no. <laughs> Names like Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> and Fat Joey. Yep. Anyways, um... I went to this Romines because they show some wrestling pay-per-views, and I'm not going to pay 45 bucks to watch a wrestling event. So they show them for free and uh, just went by myself. I couldn't find anybody else to go with me and uh, ended up talking to this one guy who said he was a wrestling promoter for a local wrestling group in the area and uh, wanted me to come down to one of his shows. So I, I went down to one of his shows, and then uh, he said, Hey, you write for this newspaper. Why don't you cover us? You know, we're... Uh, pretty close we're in south milwaukee and you're in franklin you know it might draw some some more people so i said yeah that's that's fine and the next show i took my camera and took some pictures and interviewed him again and and uh it was a really good time and then he said hey i you know 
you did this for me. I got to do something for you. How would you like to uh, become a security guard for a big show? I thought big show. I thought like, you know, Monday Night Raw's coming to town and I get to work security. <laughs> Ended up being a, a show at the Waukesha Expo Center. Uh, they had a bunch of stars from the past. They had they had a tag team. They had like Demolition was there. and um, Lance Allen from Channel 4 took on Al Snow from, from a couple years ago. Um, Kevin Nash was there. Uh, guys like that and they ended up being really nice but the 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 main thing that of the night was he said he was going to have me involved in a match and I thought well how, how are you going to involve a security guard in a match well there was a match that took place between two you know amateur wrestlers two of the local guys from from the area mm-hmm. and the match ended up spilling out into the into the the crowd you know down the aisle and you know beating on each other and there was supposed to be a, an altercation with a fan, and I was supposed to step in in between the fan and the wrestler. So I did, and then uh, the other wrestler was going to turn around, and the guy behind him was going to smack him with a trash can. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy ended up moving out of the way, and I was the one that got whacked with the trash can. So I had to kind of lay there and play dead for a couple minutes and then just get up and, and sulk off <laughs> to the backstage area. I don't know how well I did. They said it looked pretty good, but I don't know. It didn't really hurt that much. <laughs> now, that, that's certainly uh, something to write about in my memoirs. <laughs> now, that's interesting. Uh, in a way, it comes full circle because I remember back in high school in Franklin, uh, there was um, a very local wrestling group, and it was high school kids uh, on, on a backyard in like a trampoline. Uh, it was the LCW and uh, I remember an incident involving you in a trash can that I heard about, and I saw it on VHS. Uh, tell us about that, Joe. <laughs> well, first I thought you, instead of VHS, I thought you were going to say VH1, and I was going to say I really, <laughs> really no, took it didn't, off. No, it didn't get, go that far. <laughs> yeah, that was actually the day that I met Jess, my girlfriend. That was the day that we first met. Most redneck way to meet a girl, <laughs> let me tell you. But, uh, yeah, two of my friends were, were wrestling. Uh, one of my friends was Justin Olson, and the other one uh, was my good friend Scott Schaefer. And uh, they were going to have a match together. And they basically said, you know, Scott's girlfriend was, was sick with the flu that day, so they needed somebody to interfere in the match. And they told me what to do, and they basically said, well, you're going to hit Justin on the head with a trash can, and then he's going to fall back through a table, and then Scott's going to pin him. You know, so I thought, okay, that's fine. You know, how hard do you want me to hit him? And they said, oh, it's one of those prop trash cans, so just give him all you've got. Well, one of the earlier matches involved that same trash can, and it was a metal trash can, and the guy got slammed on top of it, so it kind of crunched down a little bit. So they tried to reform it, but it ended up having this big crease on the side of it. Like, the entire length of the trash can had this big crease. And that ended up being the part of the trash can that I hit my friend Justin with. And uh, they said before the match, don't worry about if you see any blood. I have a blood capsule. It's going to be fine. I'm going to get up. You'll see the blood, and I'll walk off the stage. So he got up, and his face was red. I mean, the red fire engine red with nothing but blood dripping down from his forehead. And I thought, man, he must have had about three of those suckers in his pocket or something. <laughs> so I walk back, and I high-five him. <laughs> and I say, man, that, that blood capsule really did the trick. And he goes, oh, you mean this blood capsule, right? And he holds it up. and uh, That was quite the scene, but... Um, yeah, in all the in he all died. The, yeah, <laughs> in all the mess that, that I ended up meeting Jess uh, through <laughs> through that whole fiasco. Um, so sending my friend to the hospital with stitches in his forehead uh, ended up being one of the best days of my life. <laughs> uh, now, uh, now, as I alluded to earlier, uh, 
We, you grew up down the street from me. Uh, do you have a, a favorite uh, childhood memory of uh, us hanging out to, to turn the show into, um, <laughs> to turn the focus on me and, and make the show a little too sentimental? A little too sentimental. Wow. Well, growing up down the street, we certainly do have a lot of, of memories. Uh, you know, getting beaten Tecmo Super Bowl by Junior Seau. Uh, yeah, uh, you and I always played the Pro Bowl Tecmo Super Bowl against each other. I was always AFC. You were always NFC. And I'd say that we were pretty much equal competitors. Um, but somehow... <laughs> You always managed to lose to me, and it, it, it was it was heartbreaking. I remember the one time, uh, Joe Montana, you had a lead with like five seconds to go. You had to run one final play. Uh, you had a four point lead. Joe Montana was sacked, and Junior Seau picked up the football and ran like seventy yards That's for a 70 touchdown. Seventy yards for the touchdown. That was heartbreaking. The scar still seems to linger. Yeah, a little bit. Um, if you want, if you want memories, though, I mean, a lot of them involve times when we were riding our bikes. I remember one time, I think I had my shoelace caught in the chains of my of my uh, bike, and I fell down, and the garbage truck was coming around the corner, and I think you, you ended up like yanking off my shoe and pulling me off to the side. <laughs> I mean, the garbage man clearly saw us. I know, I know. <laughs> but but when you're six, I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty traumatizing. <laughs> The only thing you had to offer me were Starbursts. I remember that. <laughs> you okay? Here, have a Starburst. <laughs> and I remember for years after that, you were like, man, you saved my life that day. <laughs> and then, uh, well, there's always a time, you know, we were searching for aliens under the ice when the ice was starting to melt. Um, you know, riding our bikes at 8 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. You know, screaming like Ren and Stimpy did. <laughs> A lot of good times, a lot of good times, Take, going on trips together, going, that one faded trip to the Dells. Man, that trip, we, we went on a trip with my a... family to the Dells, which, like, ah, I'm surprised both of us are still alive, because one of us could have killed the other one. We were still alive or not banned from for life from the Dells, all the trouble that we caused that weekend, it was crazy. Um, basically, the, the one that really stands out to me is we were at a, a go-kart track, and uh, you were big into racing, and I wasn't. And I knew that you were going to be competitive about it. So I'm like, Joe, we're not going to race. And we're the only two people on the track. And uh, you're like, oh, okay. And then, of course, you ended up racing me. And as we turned a corner, I, I think I was on the outside and you were on the inside. Put you in the wall. <laughs> and, and, like, you didn't turn the whole way. You just slammed right into me. The, the best part about that, I'll never forget that, is that the guy kicked us out and he got all mad at us. And we go back to the car, and your dad's like, oh, are we all set to go back to the hotel? <laughs> he, had, he had no idea <laughs> what we had just gotten into. <sighs> How about you? Any, any favorite memories? Uh, that uh, was, that was going to stand out the time that I thought uh, you and I were going to get into a huge fist fight. Um, we, also, uh, we also had an imaginary uh, wrestling tag team called the Nature Naturals uh, because you were a big fan of Ric Flair. And uh, I was a big fan of, uh, was it Dusty Rhodes? No, no, no. The natural. It was, no, it was Marty Jannetty, wasn't it? No, Dusty Rhodes was called the Natural. I think Marty Jannetty was called the Natural for a stretch too. I have to check the books. But well, I was either a fan of Dusty Rhodes or Marty Jannetty, and we we made sweaters, <laughs> and we went out on uh, on Halloween as as the Nature Naturals, <laughs> and I remember one house. Uh, 
they had a big sign out in front because it was somebody's 60th birthday and uh they were having a party while also giving out candy on halloween and uh we came to the door and we, it was like bob's 60th birthday and we're like hey tell bob that the nature naturals say happy birthday that was our, that was our charity run that was on that was our halloween charity run <laughs> Wishing, wishing happy birthdays to, to the elderly. <laughs> and we also, uh, we would make audio recordings of our imaginary wrestling matches uh, in which we would fight a neighborhood. Uh, he wasn't really a bully. He never, I mean. No, he was just a guy that went around with an axe and like chopped down one of the trees in my yard one day and like my family hated that kid. So, so because, uh, because he was the George Washington of the neighborhood, <laughs> uh, we were just, oh man, Kukla. And he had a name that sounds like... It was like Joe Kukla or something. But we just called him Kukla because uh, it sounded like a really intimidating name and it was perfect for a heel. You picture in like those little kids' movies, I don't know, whenever I hear the, the name Kukla, I always pictured like uh, like that really fat, mean bully from like the ABC Family original movies. You know? When I hear Kukla, I think of Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> I'm not saying that he's in it, but... We're not getting into that. <laughs> Uh, no, Joe, every week on the show, we always ask for some recommendations. Uh, so first of all, an album recommendation. Well, an album recommendation, I've actually listened to a lot of, it's a good summer album. Uh, the, the artist is Michael Franti and Spearhead. And the name of the album that I've been listening a lot of, it's called Yell Fire. It came out in 2006, but, uh, it, they kind of blend a mix of reggae and rock. It's kind of like not really heavy metal, but it's just good, easy listening. If, if you if you enjoy rock music, you'll enjoy this. A um, little bit of reggae influence in there, and it's it's a lot of the songs are really deep. There are a lot of political songs, but it's also good to just put on the CD and you know sit outside on a hot summer night with a you know summer shandy or with uh, your favorite beverage and just kind of sit back and relax. Um, it it's makes for some good listening. So. Is there a track that uh, particularly stands out for you? One that particularly stands out to me um, is actually it's the, the title of the album is also a, a song title. It's called Yell Fire, and uh, it's the second track on there. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty good song. They, they get, you know, get rocking pretty good, but uh, the message is also uh, you know, something to take to heart, too. Uh, and also a film recommendation. Well, also from this Michael Franti. Um, he produced a documentary called I Know I'm Not Alone. And what it is, uh, it's, it's billed as a musician's search for the cost of human war, or human cost of war, sorry. And what he did is he went to um, uh, areas of, of the war-torn Middle East, Iraq, Palestine, Israel, and all he had was his guitar with him, and he, he played for the troops, he played for civilians. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it kind of goes behind the scenes a little bit, and it really captures... You know the essence of what uh, of uh, what's really going on over there and how it's affecting regular civilians in real life. Um, actually, uh, Serge Tankian, the musician for System of a Down, saw the movie, and there's a quote from him that said, uh, "Michael's a modern minstrel, weaving stories of war and occupation into his heart of peace, giving us hope, not just tears." The film is powerful, honest, and touching. And uh, after viewing this film, I couldn't agree more. So, sure. once again, that that title is called "I Know I'm Not Alone." And I, I would like to point out that you did have a cheat sheet with you. You just didn't have this, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, this quote memorized. Are you kidding me? I wouldn't go just off of that, off of nothing. <laughs> now, uh, also uh, a sports writing recommendation. Uh, I know it's your passion. 
Sports writing recommendation as far as a book or as far as book, a book writer, columnist. Well, all three of them. Um, <laughs> my idol is uh, Rick Riley. He wrote for Sports Illustrated for many years, and now he's a writer for ESPN, mag the magazine, and he has a couple spots on ESPN with some TV shows and stuff. Um, he has a book. Uh, his his best work is called The Life of Riley, and then he has a second a follow up book called uh, Hate Mail from Cheerleaders. Um, just the best and worst of his of his uh, articles, mainly for Sports Illustrated. Um, there's some pretty good ones in there. Uh, Rick Riley is the kind of writer that can make you laugh and cry all in the same article. And uh, mm -hmm. if I could come close to being what he, the kind of writer he is, I'd consider that to be pretty cool. Uh, is there going to be? Is there a website for your uh, your new gig? Yeah, um, visit uh, www.hawkeyeracingnews.com, and um, there's nothing with me on there just yet because I haven't started working there. Sure. But, uh, yeah, uh, HawkeyeRacingNews.com will be the website, and uh, you can go on there. You can check out some feature articles, and uh, uh, there's some other cool stuff on there, too. And uh, any plans for a collection of your writing from the Franklin Citizen? There is a book coming out uh, this December. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're still talking to publishers, right? Yeah, still still in the works. There's a lot of political stuff. No, but I've, I've, <laughs> I've, ke I've kept all of my articles that I've written for the citizens, so uh, maybe I'll turn that into a scrapbook or something. Maybe it'll go into the archives. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, anything else that you'd like to, uh, to let the world know? Well, just how much I'm really going to miss uh, living in Wisconsin. It's been a real pleasure. and Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed uh, doing all the stuff with you. Uh, make sure to get down to the Alchemist Theater to catch Lee Rick. Um, it's a good, pretty good show right there, and uh, understand you guys will be in Chicago and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. So, yeah, if you can, uh, if you guys can catch them out there, it's a, it's a good show to catch, and I'm gonna miss hanging out with you and doing this and uh, just everything in general. I'm gonna miss it, but uh, you know, in the words of Schwarzenegger, I'll be back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss you as well, and uh, I'm also going to miss you coming on my show and plugging my stuff. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> you should also recommend host and guest. Yes, yeah, yeah, I also recommend this great radio show. <laughs> Not yet. Audio show. Audio is the, the political way of saying it. Well you can go to you can go to iTunes and uh, get this copy. So <laughs> Joe, thanks so much for being on host and guest. Thanks for having me, man. It's been fun. Thanks. Thanks again to Joe Ewert for joining me on the show. I'll always call him Joey, but I know he likes to go by Joe. Good luck to him in his new endeavor. Our theme song is done by Tiny Folk. You can listen to all of his music for free at Last.fm. And I've been your host, Rick Hanschke, and this has been another edition of the podcast known as Host and Guest. Sand, 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 sand,